1: Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up
0: through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup.
2: Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here, of course. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Christmas season <laughs> is upon us, and toy shopping is in high gear. Sure. And while most of that shopping these days is done online, we're devoting this episode to remembering the nearly extinct brick and mortar toy stores that we all enjoyed mm. growing up as kids.
0: The things that have turned into the Halloween costume shops,
3: right? Yeah, right? yeah exactly. It's all (laughs) Halloween stores now. I know, right? Sad. Do you guys believe that Christmas is already here? It's, yeah. This has been pretty, the longest and shortest year ever.
2: You're right. It, it's the, the year that took seven years to get through and then we're at the end all of a sudden somehow. Right. Yeah. It's it's startling. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so toy stores just aren't around like they used to be. Somebody have closed up or moved on or been absorbed or whatever. And we're gonna just reminisce about that Gen X toy store experience that uh, it was, I mean, for me at least, and we'll talk about, you know, our personal experiences was just, it was that mecca that you walked into that everything was bright and shiny and you wanted it. But mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Appropriately enough, our fourth listener email this episode is from a patron and listener who wants to talk about one of his favorite toys. Okay. This episode, David wrote in, and David's subject line of his email was Evil Knievel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he going to talk about the, the
0: bike that you ripped the cord out of? <laughs> Damn straight we are. Yes. Oh, yes.
3: Or the one, or you had the little thing you, you mounted him in, he spun it real fast and he released oh, it. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. i <laughs> was awesome. Keep going, John. Exactly. Yep. Okay, I see
2: a show in the future. Well, there we go. So David Rice says, <laughs> Hey, guys, long time lurking fourth listener here. Apologies if I missed this, but a fun topic to cover might be Evil Knievel. It would totally and be. Per- Particularly his <laughs> 70s
0: toys. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. He licensed everything. Oh, yeah. The rocket ship.
2: You had a van. You had a, a rocket car. You had everything. Yeah, you had I know. A car. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, David goes on to say, my friends and I were pretty fixated on evil shenanigans mm-hmm. and we had to have evil toys when they started showing up. <laughs> the one I particularly remember was the stunt cycle, mm-hmm. Yeah, which was basically a frustrating piece of crap that I nonetheless <laughs> was obsessed with. <laughs> it,
3: it taught us patience.
2: You know, not everything behaves like it does on the commercial is
0: what i think we oh, all Oh man those commercials were so because that was back before you had the internet obviously yeah and, and those commercials, commercials and were your only <laughs> view into what that toy was supposed to do when you got it home yeah and it would never do what it did in the commercials. It never made the noises the same. Never. It didn't behave in the same way. It didn't say right. Starships the same didn't way. fly around on their own. That was some bullshit. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm looking at you, Slinky. Walks mm-hmm. downstairs.
2: you yeah, I mean, over in
0: pairs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: He says, out of months or even years of trying, I think I managed two or three impressive ramp jumps and wheelies, which, which is the only reason I have any nostalgia whatsoever for this toy. Yeah, I get it. Wow. I totally get it. He says, I remember one epic jump out my first floor window, nice. which obviously didn't end well. Uh. And now that I think of it, that might have been the day the toy was destroyed for good.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. It might have been realistic, though. That's true. Considering
0: Evil Knievel's jump prowess, he yeah. wasn't yeah, always you know the
3: best what? at landing. Yeah, did you break every piece on the Evil Knievel? Then it's, then it's, then it's lifelike. Right. <laughs> then you get the new hospital playset to go on Evil Knievel the in Evil Traction ICU. <laughs> Put casts on his bones. I think david is right i think evil can evil make a oh, great totally could. topic for a backtrack Absolutely. we talk about
2: evil and his toys and yeah i think so and his, shena-
3: and his shenanigans
2: oh yeah and his it shena- <laughs> depends you know
0: on which shenanigans we're talking about
2: jumping's not the trick evil landing is the trick that's the one that's 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 mm. uh impressive so david wraps up and says anyway keep up the great work you guys are a great distraction right now and super entertaining always thanks david oh thank you david that's awfully nice of you that's that's the nicest thing anyone said about me in several days. You are a great <laughs> distraction. I'll take it.
3: <laughs> I, heard, I, I was thinking about that for a second I'm like you know that's not so bad that's
2: alright I'll be it's, a great it's distraction all right.
3: it's a little bit alright there
2: alright cool well, we appreciate you David we appreciate any time the fourth listener takes an opportunity to write into the show if you'd like to have your email featured on the show just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com we'll read every single one and most of them like David's make the show or you have a show suggestion like David hit us up as well you very well could end up on the schedule yeah because we definitely need suggestions so <laughs>
3: <laughs> as, as is evidenced by some of our previous Previous they yeah, yeah, no more doing decimal system.
2: <laughs> Would you stop disrespecting the doing decimal system? I actually system? enjoyed
3: that one because I'm a nerd, but the uh, I, I feel like we're like you know, that showed dirty jobs. Yeah. We're toward like, after like five or six seasons, he's like, we really need suggestions. (laughs) Does anybody have any other dirty jobs that we could possibly do? I'm doing the pet groomer next. Okay. I really need suggestions.
2: (laughs) Okay.
3: I think it's time to get into
2: talking about some toy stores though. If you guys are ready. Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. I don't
1: want to grow up. Toys wreck They got a million toys and toys, that I can play with. I don't wanna go up. I'm a toys just we They got the best for so much less. You really flip your lid. From bikes to trains to videos.
2: We talked about at the top of the show there that, you know, most of I think large majority of Christmas shopping, especially this year, if more so than ever, but even anytime in the 21st century, it tends to happen online. And that's a huge contributor to Mm -hmm. I think why a lot of these toy stores we're going to talk about are gone, but it's not the only reason. But let's go back in time in the Wayback Machine, <laughs> pre-internet. And George, you were just talking about evil can evil. The only way you knew what was available, if you didn't see it on a commercial, mm-hmm. you couldn't look it up on the internet. Yep, you'd go to the mall, and that's where you found out what was available. You know what what was for sale, what new toys were around, what new any product was around, because the, the mall more so than just the annoying place you go where crowds are these days, that was a hub for us. We walked in the door and you're like, I want to go to the arcade. I want to go to Sears. I want to go to the toy store.
0: I mean, I think it depends on where you lived and what type of mall you had. Because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, here in Tallahassee, we kind of had the dirt mall as they talked about. (laughs) Was was that the the name of the sign? (laughs) In mall rats? No, it's just, you know, it was the malls here were like, there was one that was aging and dying already. Okay. That I remember as a young kid in, mid to late 70s and then there was another one that was the brand new mall but it didn't have a toy store so to say in it and you
3: would think that's like one of yeah, the staples, that's of a mall staples like yeah Chicago. like that in a gap right oh like a dedicated just <laughs> yeah <store. laughs>
0: for me it was going to a department store, like, you know, mm-hmm. a Montgomery Wards or a Sears or something along those lines and being sure. left alone in the toy section,
3: Okay, yep. yeah, which was different totally, than
0: a toy store, completely different experience.
3: Yeah. I'm with you on that because growing up in New York, it's like there weren't the malls. There isn't really a shopping mall. or At least there wasn't in the city. So it was more going to like that department store area, like the Macy's, the whole section of Fifth Avenue. And again, being left in the toy section. Mm-hmm. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely what you thing. You guys
0: had standalone toy stores. Oh in New yeah, York, right? FAO def- had the FAO
3: did. Schwartz and thing is my those kinds wouldn't of things. Necessarily go to those ah. unless there's a reason to go to those. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, okay. Where, where my mom loved going to Macy's. There's not adult
0: reason to go to the toy store, <laughs> right? That's only a kid reason. <laughs> there's only a
3: kid reason. <laughs> <laughs> the big thing for me was going to the Macy's or those kinds of stores that had a big toy section, and occasionally FAO Schwartz.
2: Yeah, I think when my mom would take me to the toy store, it was it was running Intel. You know, it was like mm. let's just go wander the toy store. I'm like, yeah. that sounds fantastic. And she's watching to see what I'm interested in. Right. You know, and then she'd go back later, I think, and go shopping. Your mom is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. hundred percent. I remember just the experience of the malls in general. I mean, even into my, you know, my teens and early twenties too, before they had kind of washed up and become something different. think of the stranger things mall. That's what I envision when I'm thinking of these malls, you know, sure. The Mm -hmm. second season. The colors and everything. I mean, everything in the '80s was neon anyway, and you know, fluorescent (laughs) lighting and stuff. And it was just. I think about Mo when I would visit Manhattan. I go to that game store, The Complete Strategist. Oh yeah, how there are board games and role playing games and stuff stacked so far up to the ceiling that you know, I mean, they are adding shelves and stuff. And I remember walking into these little toy stores like that, and it's you walk into a a Sears, and it's like, yeah, you got Craftsman tools, and yeah, you got refrigerators (laughs) by Frigidaire and stuff. Where the hell are the toys? But in a toy store, like it's, it's everything there is for me. And that was always the thing that mm-hmm. it just felt so like as a kid, the world's not for you in a toy store. Everything there is for you. It was, yeah. I think made me feel so cool about it. Oh, I, I think the
0: one thing for me was going in and like I said, I didn't have the toy store mm-hmm, experience. Right. I had the Tory aisle experience more than anything. But what I remember was how quickly you made lifelong friends in that aisle. <laughs> like instantly you and another yeah. kid would just start playing with whatever toys they were. Yeah. And you know the clerks in the store—they were like, "God, son of a!" And because <laughs> you're just on the place. floor and throwing <laughs> yeah. balls everywhere and having a good time, I really missed doing that more often as I grew older. Because I still wanted to do that, but you know, you well, get to just the creepy. point where you're in high school and you're like, "Yeah, you know." Even middle school, it's like, "No, I'm too cool for that. I need yeah. to." Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Well, this is the innocence things. when you're a kid. It's just Insta friends. It's just like mm-hmm. we're about the same age. I see you playing with the GI Joe. Let's do it, right? Right, yeah. exactly. I'm with you, dude. <laughs> yep. And there was no rejection in that either. Like no. in school, there would be rejection on the playground, right? Like the cool kids wouldn't play with the other kids and everything. But in a toy store, everybody was friends. Everybody mm-hmm. would play together. Yeah, that's it right. was such a wonderful experience. And I don't think that'll be replicated in this internet buying age oh, ever can. again. You, you That's can. impossible.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, I know. It's a, yeah, it's a sad, but it's true. We're
2: going to get into talking about the experience of those toy stores, reminiscing about the ones that are gone, talking about kind of what's been absorbed and what's out there now. Before we get out of this first segment, though, uh, I just want to kind of go around and we just talked about we had different toy store experiences. Do you remember what was your favorite toy store to go to as a kid, right? The wow. place that if hmm. mom or dad said, you know what, we're going to go and buy that the glove for you, or that action figure for you, or whatever it is. Oh. What was that place that you know you love to go? It was the place you were going to have. Mo,
3: let's start with you with your plethora oh, of okay. growing up in New York so, stores. This is when I was super young, but the closest store, which is probably why it was my favorite, um, was Woolworth. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, Woolworth had a huge toy section. Did they? Okay, and it's like one of those places again. You know, with, with my mom, you know, she's like, "Well, I'm going in there to look for needle and thread or whatever the heck they, you know, Woolworth sold everything, right? And right. Meanwhile, I okay, and I'm off. The the toy aisle
2: and she would just let you go off in your and she own. She let me go because
3: thing. back then also Woolworth was very much more of a local-ish kind of store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, people were in there so often they knew the customers, they knew the checkout people. Mm-hmm. It was just that kind of a neighborhood feel to it. So they knew the kids, you know, which kids would actually destroy things, which kids would play nice. Wh- which list were you on, Mo? <laughs> I was playing nice. I was a play nice Okay, kid. Again, it's like if I ever needed a new Lego thing, or if my mom was gonna buy me because also they had a lot of inexpensive toys, mm-hmm. which I had a much, much better shot of getting my mom to buy me right right in <laughs> a, a, a non-birthday toy that's you know right, four or exactly. five bucks well, easier look, they have if, this yeah. hot wheel car they have this <laughs> sure. mini lego yep. set but yeah so that was the one that made me i think of right off the bat when i think of like early toy store experiences so
2: george what about you i know you said not a toy store per mm-hmm. se but if, if it was a toy time what was the place what was your go-to as a kid you recall Yep, absolutely. Publix.
0: Yeah. Publix? <laughs> yep. Really? Yes, sir. Publix was a guaranteed toy. Every single trip, oh. Publix was a guaranteed okay. toy. Let me tell Do you. you.
3: Limited selection, guaranteed, though? I think yeah, it's what
0: They it. weren't. First of all, Publix was not limited. How dare you, sir? What? You take your fancy New York Woolworths and go the hell away. <laughs> Publix <laughs> was, was not, absolutely <laughs> a toy mecca when really? I was a child.
3: Let me tell you. Really? So they've changed from the current Publix today.
0: Well, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay. it's not even okay. close. Cool. No, they had an entire aisle, just like any Woolworths or or montgomery wards or anything like that it wasn't quite as big or developed as any of those places but they did have a full aisle that was pretty much all toys was nice. some educational stuff in there to distract yeah. you like some books and whatnot you know we just ignored that part of the <laughs> aisle well it's why you
3: tell your parents oh, i'm going to the educational stuff you know
0: no i was not that intelligent at that age no i was going to the toy <laughs> section but it was a guaranteed buy and we went to Publix once a week because it was a grocery yeah. store and before we owned our own grocery store we had to go get groceries once a week and so every week i got a new damn toy now that's nice it wasn't always you know your evil Knievel motorcycle sure oftentimes it was a new matchbox car oh, yeah yeah or Absolutely. a small little lego set maybe mm-hmm. or a spinning top even who the hell cares yo yo it's a yo. damn toy <laughs> that i'm gonna play with for at least six and a half minutes before i throw it aside <laughs> oh, or that something long. that i already have <laughs> so you had a guarantee like we're going to the grocery store you get to pick something i mean it wasn't a, a verbal contract type of thing but i knew <laughs> as a young lad of six seven eight years old it's Publix time that means i'm getting a goddamn matchbox <laughs> let's go mom time to head out to get you some bread and me a matchbox car
2: actually that's a pretty good deal. your story is making me smile that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome isn't it <laughs> well it's a motivator to get you oh, yeah. want to go to the grocery store you're and gonna get off your yourself butt you're gonna, you're gonna get dressed
0: you're gonna get comb your hair because you know it you're was a the tax toilet. it was a tax for my parents Okay. <laughs> yep. We can't leave him at home because dad is off working. So mom can't leave him by himself. She mm-hmm. has to take him with him. And how do we get him to go to the store and not be a total monster screaming yeah. and crying up the hey, aisles and
3: everything? Dump him in the toy aisle. <laughs> he gets a matchbox car and he's happy. Yeah. Huh. And, and she got a moment apiece of shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah right. I think it's totally worth it. Totally worth yep. it. As long as she <laughs> can complete that it. shopping trip in six and a half minutes, she was good.
0: <laughs> what about you, John?
2: You know, as much as I talk about
0: loving the toy stores,
2: probably my go to, really what I remember most, the youngest age was kind of like somewhere between the two of you. There was a chain of stores in the southeast called TG&Y. Mm, yeah. Remember absolutely. TG&Y? It, it's like a, absolutely. it's pretty much what Walgreens is today. It was a five and dime.
3: Okay, okay.
2: And and they had a great toy section. I would say the majority of my like funny novelty records I got from TG&Y because they're the kind of stores that always had them. Just like a, you go to Walgreens to buy a Chia Pet, do anything that's you know seasonal and kitschy <laughs> was there. But they had a, right, they had a really good toy section and I remember getting, you know, the paratroopers where you pack the plastic parachutes back and throw them in the air and green army men and and they were generally cheap toys but if it was a treat, oh, I cleaned my room or whatever and my mom would actually make a special trip. We'd do groceries, we'd do whatever and then we'd swing through Y. She'd pick up a few things and I might get a little toy but what it was though, the Y toy store aisle was really just a microcosm of like, I mean, imagine what they have in the big toy stores once I get a chance to go into those. But, you know, it was that little treat. It was that little cool thing. And oh, just talking about the toy aisle even is making me <laughs> grin. So we, we have a lot more to come. We're going to get into remembering some of these great old toy stores that aren't with us any longer in the next segment. So stick around.
1: According to legend, little folk know, Hills is where the toys are. Hills has Toy Layaway, just 10% down, a small service charge, and
2: regular budget payment. Aisle after aisle, hundreds of toys, for fun and for learning, for
0: girls and for boys. Low prices, selection, and Toy Layaway.
1: More good reasons why they say... Hills is where the toys are. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit?
2: It seems unavoidably, whenever we do some of these backtracks about, remember the good old days that we end up having a segment about things that aren't with us anymore at all. You know, we <laughs> talked all about Radio Shack and Blockbuster and yeah. you know, a lot of those stuff that's not around anymore. And I'm going to start with what's a really sad one for me as we kind of wade through this list of great old toy stores. And it was probably, it, w- it was my toy store in the mall. I remember there was the barrel of fun down on one end of the mall. And about midway, you could see Sears from where it was. It was just before the food court on the left was a. A.B. toy store. Mm-hmm. Huge mall staple. These guys were established in 1922 as a candy store. But, you know, after World War II, you know, when the baby boom happened and all these kids were around, they're like, you know what? These returning G.I.s are having a lot of kids. We're going to convert these to toy stores. Makes sense. Smart move. But before they started on financial ruin, which happened to so many of these we're going to talk about, they had 1,300 stores all throughout Ooh, the 50 states wow. in the U.S. And, oh, man. And for a period of time in the, oh, in the mid-2000s thousands my wife and I were avid toy collectors and KB not only did we buy tons of stuff from them they were notorious for markdowns so we probably have a ton of stuff in the attic that has the markdown KB like five stickers like99 <laughs> right. oh, yeah99 now, now it's 5.99 yeah. you know they would leave the old stickers on there I still have KB toy stickers on toys up in the attic that I found during the like the, the decline in the mid in the 2000s uh but KB was a huge one that I remember and and loved going to mm. yeah,
0: I mean I remember KB Toy Stores here (laughs) in town, they... They opened up one in our newish mall at that time in the mid '90s called the Governor's Square Mall. Is that, is that the non-dirt mall? Is that the? That's the that's one of the non-dirt malls. Okay, yes. good. yeah. <laughs> they opened up over there. I remember them being on the upper level of this one new section that got built onto the mall later on because originally it was just a straight line mall. Then it became like a T-shaped mall as they added a little section onto it. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was already out of high school, so I was in that in-between phase of like I'm trying to do adulting stuff so kids stuff isn't there but i'm out on my own i have my own income source i have relatively low bills even though i have relatively low income but i still have enough to go look at that stuff and john you and i were in the star trek club at that time Mm -hmm. and i remember specifically we would go in there and look for the star trek action figures you know on the cardboard and stuff of course i enjoyed that quite a bit i just I think I missed it because it came to your region. It was after later the prime of when yeah. you would to toy stores. And yeah. so I, I was always, we would go in there and I feel a little awkward going in because I didn't have the experience of going into the uh, toy store when I was younger. <laughs> like
2: I haven't been <laughs> trained how to do a
0: toy store. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like you give me a toy aisle, I'll fuck some shit up. But this was <laughs> just a whole toy store. And it was like, you know, just, I would freeze in the glorious momentum of
2: sensory overload. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Another one you might remember is Circus World, not the theme park in Central Florida, but there was a chain of <laughs> toy stores called Circus World. They were founded in 64. I don't remember hmm. having one of those in the southeast. I Did you have one of those either. anywhere in Manhattan? Do you know, George? Not Church? that I remember, no. no.
0: Were they, I, I think I vaguely remember that title from a movie. Like, maybe there was a movie where they went yeah, to Circus so. World yeah, or something. Yeah. So, yeah. That's as much as I remember about them. Now, they were not around
2: as long. They were founded in 64, but they merged with KB Toys in 96. So before before the decline of physical toy stores, Circus World got kind of absorbed by KB, so mm. that, that would make sense. There's another called Child World. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds creepy.
0: It's like, yeah, is that that's where I go to purchase seeing, some like, children? Uh, I don't know if I want to go to that place. Great people, great food. <laughs> <laughs> Child start disappearing off the aisles, and you see them on a shelf two weeks later,
2: slightly <laughs> used. At right, the end, right. <laughs> yeah. They were around for a shorter time. They're founded in '62, and they were all wrapped up by '92, mm. so they weren't around nearly as long as some of these these. Big
0: players. It seems like the toy store era, from the way you're going through some of these, it was a very limited number of years when this was a phenomenon.
2: Yeah, I think the heyday was really just post World War II Mm -hmm. until the mid 2000s at the latest, because that's when the rise of the internet and the rise of online shopping and the rise of these giant Walmart, Target kind of stores that can compete with the toy stores, you know?
0: Like the big box kind of stuff. Exactly, right, right.
2: Yeah, all those, I think, are factors that... Convene together and with a perfect storm to really just choke out these little toy stores.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I love opening businesses. It's one of my favorite things to do. I would love to own a toy store. Just the nostalgia that this is bringing back to me was like, you should take fifty thousand dollars, go open a toy store. I just don't think I could make a profit with it at this point.
2: You probably would, unless, unless you
3: were a specialty store or something. I can't see mm-hmm. how you could. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's it, it's very much. It, it's tough to compete with the deep, deep pockets of those big box stores. And I think yeah. more and more, and the recurring trend that will see, is the bigger the store, the longer it lasted. These little stores like Circus World and Child World we talked about, they were gone by the, the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's how deep are your pockets? How long can you survive the storm mm. of the internet and the big box stores? And so many of them didn't. Yeah, A couple of uh, educational stores that uh, I remember going into,
0: but again, they were educational toys. Your parents <laughs> would want you to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like they seemed cool, but then you would open the box and you're like, damn, this is just some rocks. Why is there numbers on this? <laughs> Cut it out. I gotta do math? <laughs> there was Z- Rainy Brainy. Remember that one?
3: Hmm. No. No.
2: Maybe? Yeah. Well, they were gone by 2001. They filed bankruptcy then. When
0: did they start? 2000? Because I don't remember. I don't know.
2: (laughs) They might have been around a little longer than that. I didn't see where they (laughs) opened. And then Imaginarium was another one that I also saw in malls and strip malls, especially. Imaginarium. That name kind of sounds familiar,
0: but I don't know if it's because the name is used in other contexts or if it's because it was part of a toy store. I don't remember.
2: Oh, possibly. They started getting opened in the 80s, and they were actually being opened by their parent company, Toys R Us, that Mm. we're going to talk about later the, the the behemoth in this thing but they were already in the by the 90s they were shutting down by 2003 the last imaginarium was gone
0: see i don't know why but for some reason i was thinking you were going to say their parent company was disney because the name kind of lends itself to the journey it's into Imagineers. imagination, it does sound like
2: disney well like it? in
0: epcot you right. know that yep. journey into yep. imagination i don't know why that feels like that that would be the store at the end of that ride <laughs> it, it ought to be right but apparently
2: it's an educational toy store that toys r us <laughs> said well if you don't want to come to toys r us how about the educational toys r us <laughs> and that didn't last very long, unfortunately. Now, there are a trio of toy stores that I want to talk about here that if you don't know the toy store, you definitely know the brand. We all know Lionel. The Oh, they had their yeah, own stores. Right. Mm. Yeah. So they had Lionel Kitty City. Uh, at different times, it was called Lionel Play World and Lionel Toy Warehouse. Huh. In the 60s, again, we're talking post-World War II, the baby boom, the Lionel Corporation branched out into retail stores. And they weren't just screwing around. For a while, they were the second largest U.S toy chain.
0: Wow, really? I can understand that. I mean, they were super popular. I know that we had a hobby shop here in the Dirt Mall, (laughs) right? (laughs) and and the hobby shop toy store was one that I always wanted to go in, but unfortunately for me, it was right next to the public library, so I always got steered that direction, which I was (laughs) always upset about but they had a giant train set in the front window and that sure. fascinated me as a child mm. well just the name recognition of Lionel on the front mm-hmm. of the
2: store I mean it's it's not Bob's toy store it's right Lionel or it's you know it's uh, Hasbro or whatever it's this big name and so they they leveraged that to, to great success
0: yeah that would have been a store I would have wanted to shop in as a kid if there had been one around here mm-hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> they struggled through the 80s and you
2: know by the early 90s they filed bankruptcy and tried to come out of the nosedive a few times but I think I read that by 93 or 94, the remaining few stores they had, they couldn't survive any longer. And that was the beginning of the rise of the internet and the rise of big box stores at all kind of it's a confluence of things, you know, and I'm not complaining that I enjoy my big box stores on the internet, obviously, but it's just, it's too bad what the collateral damage was, you know, these, these cool little stores like this. Yeah. Now you mentioned another one, George, talking about Manhattan, you said that uh, Mo experiences that FAO Schwartz, the big flagship on fifth Avenue.
0: I just figured from the movie big, he must've been in there all the time playing on the giant
3: piano not all the time doesn't every
2: new yorker just go dance on the piano a couple times a day that was i was
3: led to believe i think they pulled up the piano after that movie uh but (laughs) people wouldn't stop dancing on it it was just annoying but no what i did was it was always a christmas trip like every year the christmas season is to go to fao schwartz because they had the decorated windows and everything was just geared up just for christmas yeah
0: because that was a big thing for them right the oh huge huge. windows yeah yeah Yeah, they always had an
3: awesome display window and plus, for me growing up, F.E.O. Schwartz was not a store that I could probably afford anything at. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, yeah. it was definitely oh, yeah. a high-end, ultra-expensive. Oh,
0: right, because it was the high-end stuff.
3: But yeah. it was still cool. Like you wouldn't find G.I. Joe's there, right? Right. You would find the aircraft carrier from G.I.
2: Joe. <laughs> exactly. Full right. size. You would find the, the giant stuff. You'd, you'd find the 10 foot stuffed bear. Yeah, exactly. They had these super prices. Like if you want the stupidest, most outlandish toy,
3: they had those. They had price, those in space. Money was no object It seemed. Yeah. Right. And so I actually worked with somebody that used to work there. And okay. he said it was like, it was the most hateful place to work. Because it, really? it sounded like, oh yeah, he said it sounded a lot like working at Disney, that you have to be nice, and you have to be cheerful. Okay. Mm. He said yeah. there's like these aces, and, and you get these spoiled rich. Just I expected, yeah, probably spoiled rich. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, and he said there was one kid that went up running and screaming through the store. So finally he got tired and he tripped him. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as he did it, he's like, I probably should find another job. (laughs) Yeah, I'd last all of
0: about 15 minutes in a place like that.
3: Yeah, like I gotta be nice
0: to these little bastards.
3: Exactly, I can only take it so long. Throwing
0: this kid into the damn ball pit and choking him out.
3: (laughs) But, uh, but still, though, I mean, but as a store, though, it was almost like this magical thing when you walked in there because they had the giant nutcrackers on the escalator. You know, it was, it was just oh, right, yeah, they
0: they were
2: big into the pageantry of how to display these things in a store, right? Exactly, it's almost Like, like buying was secondary. Because they only made three sales, because every toy was fifteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah, right. So you
3: go, and every inch of the store was decorated for Christmas. It was every single inch was decorated. So it was. I said that's what I remember most about it. You know, I can say one time I got to visit that Fifth Avenue
2: store because you may or may not know, I didn't until I, I read it and remembered that that store has been closed down because yeah. we'll yeah, yeah. talk a bit about Toys R Us. There was a merger of F A F- O F- Schwartz and Toys R Us. So as they were experiencing this financial trouble, this name that was founded in 1862 FAO Schwartz. In yeah. 2015, that giant just landmark store, no longer a toy store, mm. closed down. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the name FAO Schwartz is still around. In fact, I was just in yeah. Target yesterday and I saw there's, oh, here's a, a line of toys with the quality brand FAO Schwartz right. on them. It's like the, the Louis Vuitton of toys, I guess. I don't know, but it's, <laughs> it's,
3: it's, <yeah. laughs> uh, yeah. it's something like that, right? Yeah, but
2: it's still around as a brand. And uh, there actually, there is a new store in Manhattan over at Rockefeller Plaza. It's just not the giant one that everybody kind of knows from the you know from big or with tom hanks or anything and they've opened some other locations in beijing london and dublin so despite <laughs> the fact that the, the biggie's gone no well, yeah it's still i mean as a brand name i'm sure it still has a lot of value oh yeah i mean yeah. well we still know it even though the store is gone so it's obvious that you know it has left some impact yeah true true and i mentioned that fao and toys r us had become uh had become merged In the next segment, after this break, we're going to get into the 500 pound gorilla in the room, Toys Are Us. So stick (laughs) around, we'll be right back.
1: Child World, Child World, let's take a look
0: and see. On
2: sale this week The Generals, Ideals electronic battle game, just $23.88. Holly Hobby Bake Oven from Coleco, the electronic oven that actually bakes, sale price $14.99. Fiddlesticks, the giant toy builder set from Knickerbocker, only (laughs) $16.97. And as Peter Panda says, it's so nice to know that prices are low and shopping is friendly and fun. I love everything should
1: be. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here.
3: without talking mm-hmm. about the toy store right <laughs> <laughs> which was the Toys R Us I mean that I thing don't was I want to grow up I'm a I'm a Toys Us kid. kid with the drafts and all that stuff yep Jeffrey yeah and the thing is that they were around for a really long time I mean they were founded back in what April of 1948 yep Charles Lazarus he yeah. opened a children's furniture store well, who knew
2: right <laughs> he started adding toys again when you know early 50s you know post Baby World Boom War II and then he's like there might be something to this toy store deal and he shifted by 1957 it had been renamed to Toys R Us and it was Charles
3: Lazarus's dream to have this giant toy store and man did it grow. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, it just grew like mad. I remember growing up having to uh like at Christmas time waiting for the Toys R Us catalog to be in the newspaper. The catalog, the, the, the big
2: thick yeah, big, right.
3: thick Christmas thing and you know, I remember eating a bowl of cereal and just flipping through that, skipping past all the pink pages and then going to like the cool stuff. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah.
2: the, the girls' toys. We don't care about yeah, those. Yeah, the girls'
3: right? toys. Like, oh, geez. You know, back in the day when they had girls' toys. But that's just looking at all the cool. Because that was like if it wasn't on a TV commercial, I, that's where I discovered like, oh, look, mm-hmm. they have a G.I. Joe scuba diving set or whatever. Right,
0: right. And for me, the way that I knew Toys R Us was big was telling. Tallahassee finally got one in the late nineties other than in that, the late nineties. Yeah. Cause Tallahassee <laughs> right. didn't get anything until it got big. And then it was 20 years after it was big before Tallahassee would get it. And they built a whole store like this big giant warehouse looking Toys R Us thing on this weird hill next to a strip mall place and across from our non-dirt mall. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I I was just so sad because I was like, where the hell was this when yeah, I was right. like eight? You know, everybody else had one. Nope, not me. I had to go to Publix and get my matchbox cars. But <laughs> nothing wrong with that, but yeah, you no, missed out yeah. on the, the Toys R
2: Us when you were a kid.
0: I know. But Mo, you were talking about the, the catalog.
2: I don't know if you saw, but Amazon sent out a toy catalog this year. Did you get oh, one in the I mail? Did, I
3: did not get one. I didn't either, I don't think.
2: Really? It, it yeah. was it just came in the mail it looked like junk mail. I'm like what's this? You know, you get all these little catalogs. They sent out a strictly it was like the size of a magazine, about as thick and it was all toys you could buy from hmm. Amazon.
3: Oh, that's that's probably
2: smart. And I got it. I'm like, this is like the Sears wish book. This is like <laughs> I can flip through this <laughs> right. and look at stuff. And it was all, I mean, it was young kids' toys. It wasn't stuff I'm particularly interested in collecting or looking at now. But I had a great time flipping through it. And I remember just what you were talking about. The Toys R Us catalog would mm-hmm. show up in the newspaper, in the mail. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's smart. That's actually probably smart marketing, too. Well, if it worked before, yeah, kids want to flip through that. I mean, I, I, they probably, it's available on the tablet, too, knowing the kids today. Yeah. But yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is there an e-version of this catalog I can look yeah. at? <laughs> can I get this on my Kindle? I'm sorry, I can't use paper.
2: Earlier I mentioned uh, Jeffrey the giraffe who was the mascot for yeah. Toys R Us. I didn't know that initially that wasn't his name. Most his name, And I think his old name was better. He was called Dr. G. Raff. Oh, that's great. Hmm. What's wrong with that? I think that's clever. Dr. Yeah. G. Raff. I don't know why. He, what he was a doctor of. I mean, he was a psychologist. I don't know if he was, you know, board certified. <laughs> Marketing. But he was a, <laughs> <laughs> Right? He was a doctor though. And they even, remember the, uh, the offshore of Toys R Us Babies R Us Mm -hmm. they they were such a behemoth that they opened an
3: offshoot for even younger kids yeah and this old like cribs and strollers and all that fun stuff yeah
2: yeah, but yeah. I think they had like some maternity wear and baby's clothes and you know onesies and jumpers and that kind of thing, yeah. and bottles and everything. Do
3: you guys remember the Toys R Us
2: Christmas commercial? Which one,
3: right? Um, uh, of the one where it's like animated, where it's like they're at the fireplace and it's like the world's biggest toy store is Toys R Us. I hate, I'm not I gonna say a
2: lot of them. I don't know if that one's spe- yeah. specifically, but.
3: <laughs> but I remember they had like they were big on
2: the Christmas thing. A lot of the Toys R Us commercials weren't so much about what toys you could buy, it right. was about celebrating the brand. Look how awesome it is to come to Toys R Us and mm-hmm. dance with a giant giraffe. You know, that's yeah, kind of I don't of,
0: remember any of the Toys R Us commercials being specifically, here, come buy either. this G.I. Joe Never, or right. come yeah, buy yeah, this exactly. you nope. know, new cartridge for your Atari Twenty Six. No, it was just, it was Toys R Us is awesome. It? Come here and spend your money.
3: Yep. Yeah, you're right. It's celebrating how much fun it is. Yep, And if there was a toy you wanted, the odds are they had it. Oh, they, had, they didn't have to tell you because you knew right. they had everything, essentially. Right. That was the assumption. They were yep. Toys R Us. That was <laughs> the whole point. <laughs> they had it. Well,
2: not everything lasts forever. They were in the toy business for 65 years <sighs> and at one point had 1,600 stores all over the planet. Mm. And well, first of all, let's talk about the online debacle. We were talking about the, oh, the, I remember the, this. the rise of the internet. Now, they had a great idea. They said, we're going to open ToysRUs.com. Do you remember we talked about Radio Shack, how they mm-hmm. opened yep. RadioShack.com and no. they Right. down their catalog and it was crap. Yep. Well, Toys R Us opened ToysRUs.com in 1998. And in many cases, they failed to deliver orders before Christmas. Which is like the worst thing you do for toys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For the 1999 Christmas season, Toys Ordered at ToysRUs.com did not arrive until days after Christmas. Ugh. That's
0: like getting your Thanksgiving Day turkey in February.
3: Right. Yeah,
2: that's right. You like missed the point, bother? the entire thing. <laughs> what happened? You're this trusted brand, how great toys are for kids, and they're not even there for Christmas. And Mm -hmm. well, so they wised up. The very next year, in 2000, they teamed up with Amazon, who was well on the way to becoming behemoth in the year 2000. Granted, it's 20 years ago, but still, they were on the way up, and they had the infrastructure. Yeah, they had an exclusive deal. They're like Toys R Us will be the exclusive toy provider for every toy on Amazon, which sounded like a great deal. Yeah. However. After a short time, Amazon reneged on the deal because Toys R Us, quote, failed to carry a sufficiently large range of goods, including the most popular lines. They mm. ran out of stuff. Basically. They could not keep up with the demand on Amazon for wow. variety and volume, so they had to cut
3: the cord. And so that they was a potential. Planning. They
2: could have been folded into Amazon if they had yeah. done
3: well there and still be alive. But of course, back then, Amazon was grabbing every online toy store. Remember E-Toys and yeah, all right, that stuff? right? I mean, Amazon was just snatching all of them grab. The they would grab like a pet store or oh, yeah. a shoe
2: store and they would fold them in. They would try to, yeah, exactly. Yep. It was their strategy. Had that gone better, I think <laughs> Toys R Us might have had a better path. Now, I said in 2006, they acquired FAO Schwartz. Mm-hmm. So that was another a money drain for them. In 2017, they filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Mm. This is just, just a couple of years ago. Yeah. In August of 2018, the last... Physical
0: Toys R Us store, gone. Yep. You know, it's odd because that 2018 time period mm-hmm. was the most I ever shopped at Toys R Us. <laughs> because it was on
2: clearance. It on was. Clearance. <laughs> it was on
0: clearance. And I went and spent $400 and bought the re- most ridiculous amount of items. I got stuff for you guys that I gave yeah, over to. Because yeah. Yep. we were talking about doing mystery boxes for each other and whatnot. But <laughs> I just never went in Toys R Us because we didn't have one when i was younger then when i got older and they did open one up i was doing other things i ended up moving away to a different city and then when i moved back by the time i got back that toys r us that was here in Tallahassee, that brand new beautiful store that they built just a few years earlier it was really kind of dirty and filthy and yeah, nasty in there had and that problem yeah they it's they uh, the kind of opposite of fao schwartz right you talked about mo that your friend who worked there had to you know be polite and friendly and yeah. on point every time a kid came up to him or something at Toys R Us was the exact opposite experience of that for me. It mm-hmm. was a ridiculous money grab that they didn't put any effort into making it look good. So when they closed and I got to buy all that stuff at like 90% off, I was kind of happy that they did close. Yeah, it,
2: it really kind of started to feel you could feel the money crunch and it started mm-hmm. to feel much more corporate in the later years. I, I know because I did frequent Toys R Us pretty regularly, you know, as a kind of a toy collector and it was a place you could go and well, if you're looking for this action figure, they're going to get it. I mean, mm-hmm. the s- scalpers might get to it before me, but they're going to have it at least in the store at some point. And you would go and it used, it definitely went downhill. You're right, George, from that candy coated, let's have a great time. It's a kid's playground to come purchase your toy. Beep, beep. You know, it was much more assembly line. You, you pulled a tag off of the shelf instead of actually mm-hmm. picking up the toy off the shelf. You know, it was, yeah. it was super streamlined and it had a more impersonal feel for sure. I, you know, honestly, i never processed that until you mentioned it, but you're right. It definitely had that more corporate we're struggling feeling. The writing might have been on the wall even back then.
3: No, I'm sure it was. It was. I mean, except because yeah. one is you could find anything they had cheaper online. And also at that time, you know, people gained a lot more confidence in online sales that they would sure. get it by yeah. Christmas. Yeah.
2: Well, for sure, by when they finally folded 2017, 2018, yeah. right in there. I mean, if you couldn't survive in the
0: internet economy by then, you're not going to be able to
3: survive. Yeah, exactly. It was
0: firmly entrenched. Well, think about it. What were they selling? Let's think about that. Just like we talked about with their commercials, they weren't selling the toys, they were selling the experience of going. To Toys R Us. Mm -hmm. And that had degraded dramatically. And that turned out to be crappy. Yeah. I mean, so if you're not going to maintain the illusion that you're selling me in the commercials, why the hell am I going to shop there when I can go somewhere else? and get it cheaper and have... And have a better experience. A better yeah, experience. with less hassle. Yeah, that's yeah. a point.
3: <laughs> Yeah, that's the Absolutely. problem.
2: It, it, it's a strange, just like, you know, chicken or egg thing. You know, was it, did they start going downhill and therefore the money problems? Did they have money problems, therefore they went downhill. Whatever it was, it was definitely a confluence of events that just, mm-hmm. it, it crushed all these other littler stores we talked about. And Toys R Us, they were a stalwart holdout, but they just couldn't hack it. Right. are still a brand and there's even rumors of them maybe opening up new stores. <sighs> but, you know, right now they do pop pop-up stores here and there like in the middle of a mall a kiosk they'll have little pop-ups here and there with some
3: no, like for the holidays you know, or what, like. what's the
2: hot toy but not like a full-blown thing yeah i think
3: that day is over personally
2: it seems like it you know and there's there are some toy stores still around and we're going to talk about what those are and what the toy buying experience is today and a little bit more of our memories in the next segment so stick around
3: Thanks so much for checking it out.
2: We have alluded to it and referenced to what the toy buying experience is now and what led to the decline of these <laughs> dedicated you know, kind of brick and mortar toy stores, but In this segment, I really want to dig into exactly what those causes were and what the state of buying toys is today, because we still buy toys, and then sometimes they're action figures that cost 100 bucks of our favorite horror monster or something, but we're definitely Mm -hmm. still in the market, and some of us still have kids that are looking for toys. So let's talk about that. Now we talked about the big box retailers, that you called them, George, rightfully so. You're talking about what? Walmart, uh,
3: Target. Target, yeah, Kmart. To a lesser degree, maybe
2: Kmart as they're starting to close. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, not Kmart anymore, but- yeah, I mean, for me though, it's like, especially like if I'm trying to buy something like for my little niece or nephew or something like that, mm-hmm. it's hard to beat the experience of walking up and down an aisle looking for something to catch your eye, which is totally different than what you could do online. Online, you have to be kind of drilling down to a specific thing. You, you almost need to know what you want to yeah. go online. although whereas there, it's like aisles, like I kind of look at aisle, like oh, this looks interesting. And you can walk down the aisle, say like, da, da, da. and then you know, and that's where you get An idea, like oh, you know, I never thought of getting them a jewelry making kit or whatever, mm, but I think she'd yeah. really like yeah,
0: that. And you know, Mo, that. That's exactly why I was going to take issue with something you said in the last segment. So in the last segment, you said that you felt like that that day was over for Toys R Us specifically, I'm sure. Well, that big, st- I think
3: the big box toy store only. Thing I, think I think that
0: is. there is a, a real need. And I think in the next 15 years, maybe 20 years, you'll start to see the mom and pops coming back because. Oh, I would love that. I think that the Jeff Bezos of the world and the Amazons and the Walmarts and the Sam Walton family mm-hmm. jerk you know, whoever the hell (laughs) else. I think that people are getting more and more disenfranchised with those locations because you now start to see movements even where people talk about it in news and online that they don't want to go to Walmart anymore just because of what Walmart has done in a community right. or what Walmart has they're done. buying practices.
3: And yeah, they're buying practices the way yeah, they treat their employees
0: right. who work there. And I think probably if we can start to see some economic turnarounds coming for us soon that, and I don't mean economic turnarounds for the country because I'm not getting into political geo discussion all that crap because Mm Yes, maybe our economy is doing well in America, but it's doing well for a very small amount of people at a very high level. Now you start right. to see the economic turnaround at the lower levels, I think you're going to start to see these mom and pop places start to come back. Uh, one of the biggest segments that or the things where I see that example oftentimes is on a TV show called Shark Tank. I know you guys have heard mm-hmm. of it. You start to see now a lot of the investment opportunities coming into that tank are for small kids. Retail location. Sometimes they're a restaurant. Sometimes they're selling this kind of item or something. But I think we're going to start to see these toy store type places come back. I mean, hmm. I, I really believe that because at some point, Walmart is going to die to Amazon. Target is going to die to Amazon if we don't find hmm. ways to have local things to, as Mo said walk up and down the aisles. Mm-hmm. Actually put your hands on the merchandise and look at it with your own we're gonna eyes. We're going to be yeah. slaves to Amazon. And there then, once they, it's just like what Walmart does, right? Walmart comes into town. They drop all their prices to below profitability mm-hmm. levels. Just drive everyone else out. Mm-hmm. Drive everybody yep. else. As soon as everybody else is closed, they jack You're the back prices up, right? Yeah, right. That's what Amazon's going to do. It's the same thing. So I think we're going to see a movement back toward that local level. And I think we're going to have to see it in the next 15 to 20 years.
3: And I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, my thinking was that like, the idea of the big box toy store, I think is gone. Like, I don't think we're going to see another Toys R Us kind of thing, but I, I do agree with you. I think that as far as I mean, and I would love for this to happen, too, because I always try to support local whenever I can. Mm-hmm, and right. one area we see local toy stores that are still like toy slash game stores, let's put it that way, that are still doing okay is on like board games and role playing mm-hmm. games, and that kind of stuff. Like those those things still exist.
2: Yeah, board games has made a real resurgence just in the last probably five mm-hmm. or ten years that, that it, I mean, they never went away, but they kind of become cool again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, a, a hip board game, like a sudden Everybody on the planet knows what Settlers of Catan is. Who That game's been around forever, but people yeah. just are finding it the last
3: five years, you know? But also, like I said, like the role-playing games and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like the, like the complete strategist sort of stores. I mean, those right. are
0: still around. Yeah. My son goes to a Magic the card games type of store. Yeah. yeah. He goes there like every Sunday and they know him and he knows them. My mother even stopped by there to get him a birthday gift because his birthday's in November. Mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh, you're Michael's grandmother. Yes, he likes this thing, and he likes that thing <laughs> <laughs> that type of experience that yeah. you're never you gonna can't get do it. online that's oh, absolutely. Right. yep, Not. yep, you know I, I totally agree.
2: You could try to fake it, but it would be artificial and it mm-hmm. wouldn't be accurate, yeah. You know, I, I hope you're right, George. I yeah. hope there is and needs to be a resurgence of the local mm-hmm. thing. You know, if my own anecdotal evidence is uh, any indicator, I think maybe we're already on that path. You know, I can tell you that there are more and more independent little niche toy and game stores cropping up. So just in my own immediate area, in my own immediate little you know, 20 mile radius or whatever around North Florida. You know, I've started to find more and more little now they tend to be like nostalgic toy stores. Like we have tons of uh, Skeletor and tons of you know, <laughs> Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe and stuff. It's not new toys so much. Now they have the new nostalgic toys. If you have, you know, somebody came out with a new line of pop vinyls or something, of course, for kitschy old you know, retro stuff. But I've seen maybe three or four of these little you would categorize them as toy stores. Now they kind of call themselves collectible stores or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gaming stores or whatever, but it's really just, it's a matter of pivot. The the products in there are the same kind of things, the same shiny, beautiful candy colored toys that drew me into that old KB toy store. It's just that now, oh, they have a layer of dust on them and they're out of the box because they're secondhand. <laughs> they're still there for you, but they have that new stuff. And when I go in there, it's lots of old nerds like me looking at old toys, but the kids are in there too. And they're like, oh, what is this toy? i never seen this. And like, they never seen it because they only see the toys that are marketed to them through the internet now or through commercials. They don't have the experience of walking through a toy store any longer. Mm-hmm. So these little mom and pops is like a resurgence for them of old toys too.
0: I think what you'll see is that as our generation starts to have grandchildren a little bit more frequently, I think that's when you'll see that resurgence, that retail boom of those small toy stores because as we said throughout this whole podcast, it was an experience that we had growing up as children and we want to pass it down. We'd like
2: to have again or give it to our grandkids. Yeah. A
0: lot of our yeah. children are already in the adulting ages now. They're in their <laughs> 20s sure. yeah. or so. Yep. 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 And we didn't necessarily have the funds to sustain that segment of retail when they were growing up because, you know, we were we were struggling, right? We were parents. Yeah, some we, of we were parents. the slacker Gen Xers right. who <laughs> were in economic <laughs> well, yeah. downturn, obviously. But yeah. now, because we grew up With computers and tech and we adapt so easily. Now we have decent paying jobs for a lot of us. And I think that we'll start to see that influence be recognized as, oh, the grandparents now have disposable income. They've paid off their house or their car and they want to take little Jimmy or little Sally to a toy Mm -hmm. store. Well, I'm let sure. me open up a store, a toy store so that they can come and shop here. <laughs> we can. I mean, if that happens, that would align with your prediction of, you know, that
3: timeline that you said, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in the
2: next 10, 15 years. Yeah, That's that what would I be think.
3: great. I know. I agree. I mean, I remember that experience of like, you know, you said going to the toy store, getting something for yourself and like you like hugging it to your body as you get go home, right. you know, and, yep. and it's mine it. I, and I, con- I conquered it. It's I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I talked yep. them into it. Yep. And
0: can you imagine being on the grandparent side of that?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the feeling that the, I can. our generation wants <laughs> Unfortunately, now. you already can. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, but that's what I'm saying. Right now, the only way we get that experience is when it gets here in the mail and we open up the brown generic box and yeah. hand it to little Sally. Yeah. That's not the same as yeah. when we Certainly see not. their eyes light up Certainly in the aisle, you know, when they grab a hold of that well, little Well, and bar.
2: the Disney World feeling of shopping for it, too, is a part of it, too. You know, the finding, mm-hmm. it. The, you know, the, yeah, the, you, you won't find online. You're like, click, click, deliver. Yeah, man. Okay, before we get out of reminiscing about these old toy stores, I want to do one more round table discussion, (laughs) one more question for you. So I want you to think back. What was your favorite memory formed in a toy store or a toy you got from a toy store or toy department, whatever it may be, that you still today remember either the toy or the experience or whatever it was in one of these great toy store or departments? Why don't we start with you, George? Can you recall a favorite memory from the toy store?
0: Well, like I said, not necessarily a toy store, because we didn't really have those here. But a specific toy, uh, I would say it was my Fisher Price line that I talked about in previous episodes. Not the little weeble wobble looking Fisher Price guys, Mm -hmm. but the, Mm -hmm. the action adventure sets. And I remember specifically, and I still have it to this day, this little Jeep and raft that I got. And Mm -hmm. the raft is a yellow Rapids raft with orange interior. And the Jeep is a brown Jeep. And it had a couple of little action figure guys with it. I remember getting those from, uh, I think we got them at Montgomery Ward, if I remember correctly. (laughs) And playing with those in the side yard, digging trenches, turning on the water hose off the side of the house to fill up rivers and lakes and make adventures for them. That was my favorite toy that I still have a fond memory of. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> you know,
2: for, for me, I'll remember from a toy store, it, it's, it's kind of a longer experience, not to tell the story, it just didn't happen in, in a moment, but there was a specific toy that I wanted that I think my mom thought was terribly irrational. <laughs> and it was called Hugo, the Man of a Thousand Faces. He oh. was this little puppet mannequin guy I who came about. with like glue-on sideburns and noses and warts. Yeah. You could like like Mission Impossible. You could make him up in different mm-hmm. like horror movie costumes or whatever. And I don't remember what it cost, but it was too damn much. It was probably 50 bucks, 60 bucks, or something, which you can imagine in you know the 70s or 80s how much that was. And my mom didn't buy it for me. Instead, she said, You know what we can do? We can figure out a way that you can earn that money for that toy. So for the next several weeks, I did little chores. And it wasn't like anything I wasn't already doing. She manufactured chores. Well, if you'll help me with the dishes, you get a dollar. If you do this. And it probably took, it felt like it took months. It probably took a few weeks. And I earned enough money to buy this. And I had the money in my hand. And we went back to the toy store and it was on the shelf. And I talked to the man and I pointed at it. He got it for me and I paid for it. I think I was short tax, a little bit of money. And my mom helped out. I don't remember what happened to that toy, but I remember (laughs) I discovered it in the toy store. My mom taught me the value of what the toy cost because I had to earn the money for it. And I had that feeling you talked about, Mo, where you're hugging it. You're, you know, I worked (laughs) for this. I earned this. I know what this toy is worth. And I still remember seeing it for the first time, not being able to afford it and going back then weeks later with my money and getting it. That was just a phenomenal thing that left a permanent, I mean, I think it it influenced my values and uh, just how I think about money. And the you know the cost of things and what a great way to teach a kid a lesson. Basically, she gave me the toy on time. She's like, "I'm going to give it to you." You think you're earning it, and that worked out just
3: really great. That was <laughs> a
2: cool. That, that that's my Toy Story memory.
3: That's cool. Mo, how about you? Do you have one that you can recall? Oh, yeah, that it's absolutely, left to, yeah, absolutely. It's uh <laughs> during a Christmas guy. I can't remember what year it was. I was super young though, and you know we did our FAO shorts walk through Christmas. Sure, yeah, yeah. And you know, and FAO shorts had these little areas you could play with stuff. You know, where things were just out, and they mm-hmm. had this uh, this building block set except. It was like more of like an erector set. Um, it was, I still remember it was called Fisher Technique. Technique basically was the name of the brand. Mm-hmm. Even like the basic kit was super expensive, you know, like everything else in there but right. let me tell you i had a blast because you could make cars you can make motorized things you can make there's really no limit to anything you can make with this and it was meant to be like very versatile and motorized and all that fun stuff and i played with that the whole time you know everyone else was walking to the store and that christmas my dad got me the basic set oh he got it for you okay he got it for nice. me and i was like i totally Surprise. was not expecting it because i was like you know i knew how i mean even then i Too knew expensive. okay this is this yeah. is pricey you know i maybe didn't know exactly but i knew it was pricey mm-hmm. and it became like a It was like my birthday Christmas gift from then on for a while was like an addition to that set because they had all these add-on sets you can get mm-hmm. and you get, gotcha. oh, here's me. tractor wheels and you could make real tractor treads and all that kind of stuff. And I still have them. Um, actually, they're up at my dad's place right now. Really? In a box, I'll be. In a, in a box that one of his friends made for me to keep them all in. I just have to get up there and bring them back. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm trying to figure out who to give them to now. It's like, I probably wouldn't give them to like my grandkids at some point, but I don't know, we'll see. I think it's very telling as we talk about the, you know, the loss of these toy stores, how our memory
2: that we have that is indelible with us is as much about the experience mm-hmm. with the toy or or what it was than it was the store itself. It was what it meant to you or what the toy you got from there. That's very telling. It's it's something that was lost. We, we we gain a lot, but there's a little bit of that experiential element of things that we lose a little bit over time to uh, progress, but... Doesn't mean we have to stop remembering or stop collecting (laughs) your cool toy Mm -hmm. that you have, like your Fisher-Price or your Erector set or whatever it is, Mo. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Where are you going to find all the hottest toys? On the planet Mars? No! On a mountain top? Uh-uh! Hot We Got at KB Toy Stores. It's the place to shop. You'll see all the latest toys to choose from Hot We Got at KB. Can't
0: find that popular new toy? If it's hot, then KB's got it. And you'll find a big selection of the hottest toy hits every day at all of our convenient locations.
1: All the latest toys to choose from Hot We Got a KB!
2: If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not tell them about us? They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen up is more than just this podcast our youtube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com that will bring to a close this uh reminiscent backtrack on old toy stores we remember growing up as generation xers or toy Isle" as george did in his dirt mall (laughs) before we leave i always like to take just a second here at the end to express our heartfelt thanks to the folks that support us financially over on patreon literally keep the lights on here support what we do on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Thank you, T2, Chad, or Stash, ButterSpider, Steen Jason, Greg Z, Davis, Levi, Mike C, Dana, Arlen, Slow Mo, Greg L, Matt, Chet, Marcus, Thomas, Jonathan H, Travis, Stu Monkey, Lee, Agile, Ben, Shelby, Adam, Sean, David, Dan, Mark, Tony, and Stu Baca. Thank you, <laughs> each and every one of you for your continued support. It means so much to us. If you also believe in what it is that we do and like to support us, Mo, would you tell the fourth listeners how they can go about adding their names to this Roger.
3: Oh, absolutely. All you have to do is go to com slash Patreon, and I'll take mm-hmm. you right to the link. Uh, as George would say, that's the free part. then it takes you to the pay part, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is an apt way of putting it. But yeah, and then we have all sorts of different levels. And really, like I said, anything anybody can give, we always appreciate. And if you're able to give a little more, we have some add additional content. We have some swag giveaway. And if you really want to give a lot, we even have a special – I think we still have a slot open at our special – the super patron level or mm-hmm. – Influencer, sure, whatever influencer. It's, <laughs> it's, the influencer it's very level.
2: much influence is what we do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Where we actually have a separate discord channel for them, where we talk about our future ideas and they give us ideas and it's pretty awesome. And we have a lot of fun even interacting with them. And, you know, we appreciate everything that everyone already gives, especially in these times. But if you're able to give us a couple bucks a month, that would be awesome.
2: No kidding. Yep. It very much keeps gas in the tank and keeps us moving forward. It's so much appreciated. Thank you to all of you. And to those of you joining in the near future, thanks to Mo's eloquent display of how to go about getting it done. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of The Backtrack. We'll be back in two weeks with another, and next week with a regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. Mo, thank you so much for being here. Oh, man, always fun. George, you know I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Fourth listener, it's you. We appreciate most of all, though, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye.
3: See you guys. Take care.
2: JetX Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. No
1: more shows till sunrise. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life
3: sucks as a grown-up.
2: I am John. Joys-me. Joys-me. Joys-y. joys I'm I'm from, I'm joys Multiple Joys. <laughs> Three, two. Joining me as always is George... Hey, how's it going, guys? And George is here. And damn it, I did George twice again.
0: <laughs> hey, sorry, Mo, How's it going, out. guys?
2: <laughs> Whoever, one more time. Joining us, oh, joining us, joining me. <laughs> I,
0: don't think our, I don't think Zoom is our concern anymore. Yeah, no, that's the problem. Now. Is
2: right. If you're looking to replace a single component, I think I found which one it is.
3: <laughs> Point of failure.
2: It's, it's clearly the host. Blah, blah, blah you going to give me a yeah or something, George, and I'll throw it in there. I jump yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <Okay.
3: laughs> That's just said. That's just scream, George. <laughs> More than anything. Yes. Okay.
1: Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book.